It's the Everything 80s Podcast with Franco in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. Big Paul Castellano's life last night may very well have been a payoff for getting into such trouble with the feds. I would destroy any man who tries to take what I got. everybody welcome back to the everything 80s podcast i am franco from 100.9 k hits fm listen online at bighitsbigfun.com. uh you could also check us out if you're in the area here in southeastern connecticut at 100.9 k hits fm also available uh on tiktok you can find me at franco in the morning for the history of music and the everything 80s podcast uh is really inspired by my co-host because i wasn't going to do it unless you agreed and boy you're a tough negotiator ladies and gentlemen sean morton Oh, yeah, I, I drive a hard bargain. I really do. <laughs> anyway, the podcast is powered by Prime 82 Restaurant, and we'd like to uh, welcome everyone. Sean, it's been a couple of weeks between technical difficulties and personal things, but it's really good to have you back on, and we're going to pick up yes. uh, on the topic we were going to do a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'm ready for it. This, All right. is, uh, this is a good one for me. Right, so it was a couple of weeks back when I put it out to my TikTok community. You can follow me for the history of music at Franco in the morning. Um What's the best or your favorite soundtrack, uh, movie soundtrack of the 1980s? And this is uh, wide open. It, you know, it, it, everything is really subjective. Uh, there's a lot of great soundtracks, and we had a lot of good input here. Sean, I should give you some background on everybody. is uh, is an 80s kid, a musicologist, a know-it-all, and he loves to argue. So this will be fun. Yes, yeah. four favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, oh man, oh man. So, where do you begin at uh, greatest soundtracks of 1980s? It's hard to say. I mean, I, I think one of the best soundtracks ever is the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there's there's a lot of soundtracks from the 80s that have one or two good songs. So you really can't just say that they're the best. Um, and there's also ones that are very different that are they didn't have any new music, but they were just uh, incredible compilations, like right. the Big Chill. Yeah, exactly. But when I think of, um, you know, obviously I work for an 80s and 90s radio station. I came up in radio during the 80s. So obviously the obvious ones are Footloose, Flashdance, you know, um, you know, those type of, uh, you know, Top Gun. Uh, but to me, I think one of the most eclectic, and I think you know where I'm going here, soundtracks of the 1980s was Pretty in Pink. Not a fan. Okay, uh, of the movie. Not, not a fan of the alternative kind of music from the See, 80s, I thought so. you. I thought like the psychedelic furs would be something yeah. right up your alley. That's right at the very. If you had to take a top ten, that uh-huh. kind of music is definitely nine or ten. All right, but just think of it uh, objectively. Like, let's say for instance, mm-hmm. you're programming radio because when you pro- and I told this to somebody the other day. A, a kid's coming here as an intern. And he works at his. Uh, College radio stations, classic rock and classic hit station. I go, well, you guys play a lot of Beatles. He goes, no, the general manager doesn't like Beatles. Well, first of all, he's an idiot, number one. Uh, and he's probably 27. Uh, the general, you're right. But the, the thing is, you can't... If I only programmed what I like when I was programming in the 80s, it would have been really hard to... You know, to program, you have to program. Oh, sure. You know, so so think of the Pretty in Pink soundtrack as a music soundtrack, uh, not something you like or don't like. That's a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know? It's just not my personal preference. And, and it, you know, in excess, psychedelic furs, you know, OMD, of course. So I think of that one. Um, but like, I'm just going to give you some examples from people uh, on my TikTok community. Footloose, Valley Girl, Pretty Woman, Christine. 
I don't even remember what was on the Christine soundtrack. The Christine's? I've never even heard of it. You never heard of the movie? Of course I heard the movie. Oh, okay. The soundtrack. <laughs> uh, Stand By Me, Lost Boys. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap is in there. Streets of Fire. Was that the 70s, though? Uh, yeah, you know Spinal what? Tap? Yeah, you're right. That would have been. Um, what about The Jazz Singer? That was a horrible movie. Ew. <laughs> Why would they even recommend that on the, for this list? I don't know. I don't know. But what else do you have yeah, in your that's list? That's not good. Okay. Um, I have a lot of great songs. I don't actually have um, uh, full albums. All right. Uh, I think uh, I think as far as singles go, you have to put Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds from The Breakfast Club. Right. I think that's a, a quintessential 80s soundtrack There's song. no doubt, um, yeah. I yeah, love if you were, if In you, Your Eyes you know what, by... Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Gabriel. Uh, Peter Gabriel from uh, Say Anthony. Say anything. Yeah. Oh my God! Anymore. What a what an iconic scene that is. He's yes. Holding the yes. Uh, the boombox. Um, but you, you just gave me an idea. What if you were to take all the quintessential songs and put them all in one album for one low price? <laughs> yeah. Well, we we have we have seen that. It's many been a done. Time, yeah. But, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, here's Saint, one. Saint Elmo's Fire is a great song. Now, here's um, a soundtrack that comes to mind for me. You know, because he's from Southern Rhode Island, John Cafferty, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes, and he's very big here too because he has that kind of. Uh, that uh, Jersey Shore yep. kind of sound, yeah. John Caffrey. Yeah. And uh, I will tell you, he's playing here in like two weeks, and it's sold out. He sells out the Stone Pony every single time he mm-hmm. plays here. Yeah. And everybody just comes to hear on the dark side. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all really cool. What about here. Wild Summer Nights? Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. You know, I mean, I have yeah. a friend who argues with me that uh, Eddie and the Cruisers 2 is better than the first one. And I uh, recommend oh. him to have uh, psychotherapy every yeah. single time he says that. Now, would you agree with this? Uh, a lot of people said Purple Rain. Uh, as a great soundtrack. And then somebody pointed out that Purple Rain doesn't count because there was a movie made for that music. In other words, the music was already made and then they made the movie around the music. That's, so that's, that's a good point, semantics. right? No, well, I think it's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point, but you still have to consider it a soundtrack because there was a movie and there was music to go along with it. So if that's the case, you could put a, an argument that that's probably one of the top five best soundtracks of the 80s too. Yeah. Uh, if you were actually to look at the top five selling soundtracks and it changes from time to time but the last time I looked Bodyguard was number one well obviously I, mean, yeah. I was working at a record I was working at a record store at the time when that came out and um, you, you could, couldn't, couldn't, you couldn't keep couldn't it sell you couldn't sell more of those that was back in the day when they would make you do uh, pre-orders and mm-hmm. pre-sales in person right. that would go against that would go against your numbers if you didn't get them yeah. stupid five dollars yeah. an hour anyway <laughs> but uh, but I remember that and the the Titanic soundtrack. I mean, you couldn't. There was forty year old women were lining up the, the aisles at Sam Goody just trying to pre order to hear the right. songs. I'm not surprised. So I would say uh, last time I checked, and somebody said Grease is in the top five, but I don't. It wasn't when I checked. It was Bodyguard was number one. Dirty Dan, no, um, Bodyguard was number one. Saturday Night Fever uh, soundtrack, and then um, uh, Dirty Dancing. And then uh, Purple Rain, and I forget what number five was. To me, Dirty Dancing is the, is probably the top. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I mean, that was such a, it was so, it was so great for radio because uh, as a radio station, it was great music for us to play. It fit right into the times, and we were able to do all these really cool promotions in clubs. We do Dirty Dancing promotions and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and plus it had the good mix of having the classic music plus some new songs as well. Yeah, yeah, That's um, why I love it. All right, so you did mention the Big Chill. Fast Times at Ridgemont High is on here. Uh, what songs are even on that soundtrack? I, I can't remember. Oh, wow, I can't remember either. Uh, 
Pretty in Pink is on here. I can't scroll fast enough to see yeah. what was on there. That's okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even realize that "I Melt with You" by Modern English was part of the Valley Girl soundtrack. Right, right. It was. <clears throat> then you also have, um, I think, one of the better uh, single songs was "Holiday Road" by Lindsey Buckingham. That was a really for, good uh, song for vacation, and vacation. he redid it. And now it's gone. To, I think it's in every single vacation movie. It probably is. I don't remember, but I would say you're probably right. Karate Classic Kid. Song. What about Karate Kid? Oh. What did it have? It's a horrible Pizza Terra song that was on there. No, there's also The Glory of the Love. Best, huh? The Best Around by uh, Joe Esposito. Yeah, but The Glory of Love was the big hit off that. Yeah, no, come on. You're telling me you're going to the gym and you're not going to put You're the Best Around on your playlist to get you popped up and going? I'm usually listening to Eminem in the, in the gym. Well, because that's you. Because you're not the best around. <laughs> People ask me what my, what's on my gym playlist, and it's very eclectic while I'm on the treadmill. But when I go to weights, it's always Eminem. You are the strangest person I've ever met in my life. How? I cannot picture you listening to Eminem. Can you? Yeah, I can see you with like the backwards hat and the sunglasses. No, I don't. Act uh, thug. No, I don't act thug. Why would I act just because I listen? <laughs> oh, so so if you listen to Eminem, you're a thug. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What else is on your list? What do you have? This oh, is God, fun. Yeah. Not, Dolly Parton's Nine to Five is, mm-hmm. is a great song. Is that not? Is, but what's on the? I like your. You made a really good point. Most soundtracks only have two or three good songs. Yeah, it's very you know? true. I mean, uh, I, I'm personally, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I mean, you know this already from knowing me for so long. But uh, the Rocky Four soundtrack is one of those songs that's on my playlist at the gym too. Hearts on fire when he's in the, when he's in the frozen tundra. You must of, be a big Frank Russia. Stallone fan. Did I tell you I almost killed Frank Stallone one time? You almost ran him over, right? I almost ran him over in West Hollywood. Yeah, and he gave me the finger, and I was like, "Oh my God, Sylvester Stallone's brother!" That's, I'm very sorry. Uh, no, that's awesome. You can be like, when, now when someone gives you the finger, you can go, "Hey, I've been given the finger by Frank Stallone. Yours doesn't count." <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. I've been given exactly. the finger by better. Um, <laughs> Flashdance uh, uh, Transformers. Transformers. Mm, that the '80s movie was horrible. Yeah. Uh, the Heat Is On by Glenn Frey was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop had. Uh, well, Axel F was in there too, right? That's true. Um, one of my favorite cover songs of all time too is uh, "Hazy Shade of Winter" by the Bangles. They did a great um, job on that. Less than zero. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite songs. Um, Madonna had a bunch too. If you think of "Desperately Seeking Susan," she right. into the groove. Mm-hmm. Um. I never, th- I, and I, looking at this list, I never really uh, understood this was actually a, a theme song, not a theme song, but a song from the movie was Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge, which is kind of like a happy, upbeat kind of yep, song. That was, yep. the la- that was in The Last Dragon. I that was that. Diane Warren's first hit that she wrote. I did not know that either. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to th- throw something at you off, off topic here for a second, but, you know, uh, I just want to see what you think of this because you're a musicologist and, and very much uh, the music person th- that I know. Would you say that there's, because I, I think this is pretty, pretty much up your alley, there's definitely a difference between um, an artist and an entertainer, correct? 100%. 100%. So uh, 100%. The, art, the, the, lady, the Lady Gaga, and, and all due respect to, to Madonna, the, the, what's driving me crazy is the Lady Gaga comparisons to Madonna. They're nothing Madonna. alike. Lady Gaga no, is a Madonna. multi-instrumentalist, an artist, and Madonna's an entertainer. Correct, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, so I just want to see where you sit on that. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are like that. I mean, are was you know Michael Jackson was an artist, artist but he was and also an entertainer. It, yeah, know, he's both. Kinda, I kind of put Lady Gaga in there too. Like Gaga is a true 
you know, it, it comes from her soul, where Madonna was a lot about uh, wardrobe right. and dancing and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. We Don't Need Another Hero from the late Tina Turner. Right, in, yeah. Uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Great, great version was just released by the band Ghost. I don't mm-hmm. know if your fans will listen to that, but Ghost is a throwback uh, 80s kind of uh, Def Leppard-ish hair metal band, but they dress up in dark makeup, pretend to be the Pope. <laughs> um, wow, that's a lot amazing. going on with that band. It's really I a have lot to look that up. Very, Did you send me? You sent me that, didn't you? Yeah, you probably just didn't listen to. No, it. I you didn't. Egomaniac. <laughs> if you didn't send it, no, it's not important. Oh wait, for, for a what? You heard me. Yeah, you're right. Did I uh, what about the La Bamba soundtrack? Oh my God! Let me tell you, I I have been obsessed with the La Bamba movie since I was a kid. I saw it in the movies. It's mm-hmm. only one of like four movies that's always on my DVR. And you know you have the uh, that one guilty pleasure movie that if you're you're just watching at eight o'clock on a Tuesday and you turn it on, it stays on for the night. Mm-hmm. Bomba is always the movie. What are the other and three? Oh my god, I have a million. Well, Rocky's one, one of them. Rocky four, um, Kill Rocky. Bill one and two, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Sideways, uh, not The Godfather. No mob. Movie. You have no mob stuff. Goodfellas, obviously. Right. Okay. Uh, Casino, Donnie Brasco, and Scarface. What about Bronx Tale? Uh, one Hit Wonder. I have a thing for Chaz Palminteri. I can't um, stand him. You don't like Chaz Palminteri? He did one thing, and he did it nine times, and he's made a career out of it. <laughs> oh, let me, let, let me do a play. What am I going to call it? A Bronx Tale. Let me do a movie. What am I going to call it? It's a Bronx Tale. Oh, let me, let, I'm a lot to be said a, about One Hit Wonders. But it's been 30 years with the one thing. <laughs> Come on. Give me a break. You know, I thought of you this morning, thinking of one-hit wonders. Um, I played Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott this morning. Uh, you know the song? Okay. Or no? You'd have to hear it no, today. No, uh, Oh, I know. yeah. You know? You don't yeah. mean to sing. Uh, and it still sounds today as good as it did the day I listened to it. And you'll know it when you hear it. It was a huge song in the '80s, and uh, sure. I just thought of that. I thought of that. I was like, when you think of you know, a lot of people, you know, made their entire living on one hit, you know. Oh God, yeah, and, and people always, you know, they make fun of people. Always oh, only a one-hit wonder. Yeah. How many have you had? <laughs> right. How right. many have you had? I would kill to have Chumbawamba's tub thumping. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like the worst. <laughs> it's like the worst one-hit wonder ever. But I'd take it any day of the week. Oh man. But you're right. What else we got here? We got uh, Put a Little Love in Your Heart by Annie Lennox and Al Green. It was a a really, really beautiful song from the Scrooge soundtrack. Uh, I don't know if you remember that song or not. Uh, Oh, God, yeah. I know that. I I love Al Green. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And you know, whoever's Uh, idea was for those two voices together, and I'm going to guess it was probably Clive Davis, because anything that was amazing in music, Clive Davis had his hand in. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it would have been him who did that. Beautiful song. Again, one of my favorite movies, too, which is going to really surprise you. Uh, Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes from An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, wow. That scene where he comes in, he scoops her up. Mayonnaise. That's one of my favorite lines (laughs) in the whole movie. (laughs) I just love that movie. I don't know why. Um, What else we got here? I have to interrupt you because I just booked my trip to Liverpool. It just came in, so um See you later. I gotta oh, go. I'm not, I'm not going right you. now, but no. Look at you. Breaking news. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder, wonder what you're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna see a dump. We're gonna see a dump picture of Franco walking down Abbey Road. You know that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, no, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite. That's London. Favorite that won't songs. be till I get to London. Well, you gotta do it though. You gotta do of all course, the cheesy yeah. Beatles stuff. You know. Cheesy. I mean? 
Yes. Well, touristy, I'll say. Touristy. Yeah. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs, and you got to laugh at me a little bit when you hear this, but uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys from oh. the Cocktail soundtrack. I have so much background information on that. Well, don't don't just tease me. Well, me. no. Okay, so I mean, it's gonna go. It's gonna warp into the Manson murders. Okay. All right. So here you go. Uh, that song was uh, produced by Terry Melcher. Terry Melcher, uh, music aficionados from the earlier days before Sean was born, would know that Terry Melcher uh, produced the Turtles, the Beach Boys, and other acts. All right, so during the, uh, the late 1960s, Dennis Wilson became friends with Charlie Manson. You probably knew that, right? Correct. All right, so he, he you know, if you watched, did you ever watch the movie Love and Mercy? Uh, yes, it was yeah. a brilliant movie. Yeah, John Cusack. Uh, he's the guy who was holding yeah. up the, the boombox we were talking about before. Uh, yeah, my, man, my man crush, by the way. Okay, all right, so they do touch on that a little bit in, in Love and Mercy, where Dennis Wilson develops his relationship with... Terry Melcher, who's a producer. So, long story short, Terry Melcher has a meeting with Charles Manson, and Charles Manson thinks that Terry Melcher is going to sign him to a deal and produce him because he thought he was going to be the next Beatles because he's nuts. So they have this meeting, and uh, 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 under the you know, hey, under Dennis Wilson saying, hey, Terry, you got to meet this guy. So they meet Charlie. There's naked girls everywhere. It's a big party. Charlie drugs somebody. Uh, it gets in a fight. The whole thing's terrible, right? So so Terry Melcher goes home, right? Now this is in. January of 1968. That was the murder of 68 or 69? 68. 68, I think. Yeah, okay. So this is January 68. So he goes home and he tells his mother, who's Doris Day. No, his mother's Doris Day. Oh, and, he, and, she, and he tells her about this guy. And she's like, you really need to move out of your house because you don't want someone like that to know where you live. So he moved out of that house. Who do you think moved in? Brian Wilson. No. No. Who? Sharon Tate. Ah, okay. All right, so it was not a coincidence that Manson sent his followers to that address. I mean, not a lot of us who, who are like, you know, we, we, we dig into stuff like this. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist person, but think about this. If Charles Manson hated Terry Melcher, right, and he knew where Terry Melcher lived, why did he pick that address of all the addresses in the hills to go... Uh, and terrorize that house and, and commit murder. It's also uh, touched on in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, too, the Tarantino movie. And, did they mention Terry Melcher in that? Uh, it's based on uh, the whole ending part of it. Is oh, I know the, that. Uh, yeah, it has a great ending, too. I wish, I wish it uh, had ended that way. That's right. It shows Charles Manson like on a bicycle or a, a scooter mm-hmm. in front of that address where Terry Melcher lives. Correct. Yeah, so, hmm. so anyway, I digress, but... I think another important song, uh, it may not be in your wheelhouse, too, was Fight the Power by Public Enemy from Do the Right Thing. I mean, I know you're kind of a thug with the rap in your <laughs> So I don't I, know if you... If, I told you, don't make me laugh. I still have a little bronchitis. I'm going to go into an old man laugh. Uh, possibly the worst movie ever made, but one of my uh, one of the a great 80s songs is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Yeah. From the, Ma- from the Mannequin movie, which is, I, I to this day, I think it's probably top five worst movies ever. But what about Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck is horrific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, so here's the thing. Uh, down Out in Beverly Hills, Quentin Tarantino bought a theater. What Tarantino used to do is, uh, back in the day, he would go on Twitter and he would say, hey, it's Monday Night Movies. And he would put out the first hundred people that would reply to him who he'd invite to his personal house. And he's got like 200,000 movies that are all on reel. And he would invite people over to just watch two movies in his living room. Mm-hmm. And he would go into detail, start telling you what's going on, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, now he bought his own movie theater in Beverly Hills, and I was out there. I was staying literally 500 feet away, and I'm like, I'm going to this. I don't care what movie's playing, and it was Ishtar. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm not going yeah. to uh, Tarantino's movie theater because, like, the day before it was Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which is one of my favorites. Perfect. And, well, well, Ishtar course, is that is that uh, Barbara Streisand? Dustin, no, Dustin Hoffman oh. and uh, Warren Beatty. That movie in the desert that was considered oh, oh. probably a top five stinker of all time. So I didn't get to see that, but so here's uh, my problem. Here's my problem with Tarantino. Not that he would care, and I love his I love his POV um, movies. You know his his technique and all that. Uh, but I saw him on a clip um, from a few years ago defending Roman Polanski. Now Roman Polanski is a pedophile, and that is why he's you know this. That's why he's not in the country. He's he, if Correct. he ever came back, he'd, he'd you know. So I mean, he's glorifying that. Well, maybe that girl wanted the sex. I mean, it was it, it, I couldn't believe that he had taken. I had never seen anybody take uh, Roman Polanski's side. And I'm like, I don't know if I could watch a Quentin Tarantino movie again. I don't know if yeah, I. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I love him, but he's he has said some yeah. stupid things. Like I, he, I, I, someone I, questioned him why he uh, drops the n word a lot in his movies. Yeah, and it came out that his uh, mother left his father to date a black man and she decided to just date black men the rest of his life and he had a, a, a real Ugh, problem with you know? it and that's the reason why it's always he feels that he has the right to say it in his movies and it's really horrible and the question and the question of how much violence he puts in his movies but you know here's the thing I always see I'm contradicting myself because I always preach separate the artist from the person Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it is hard, hard you know it, it's hard to do that you know like I do it like, like if you don't do that you know, how do you love any of the classic rock bands from the 70s with what they did to young girls? Sure. You know, sure. so, and, you know, in a different in a different genre and entertainment. I mean, there was even a wrestler, Chris Benoit, which I'm sure you know the story. Mm -hmm. He was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He was amazing and wound up, you know, having severe brain damage, killing his wife and child. Right. And wrestling just completely wiped him out of record books. Like, it, he did not exist. Wow, man. He, you know, it's like, you know, he headlines WrestleMania. It's one of the greatest main events of all time, and they don't show it anymore. Like, they just, it doesn't exist. Right. So, I mean, that's a whole a whole other topic. And, you know. Sure, so, sure. You know, uh, because I have to do that with a lot of the artists I like, because I'm, you know, as you know, 100 years old. So, it was part of the culture to do what they did. Uh, you know, not that it's not still being done now, but it was not even hidden back then. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, the Beatles were, yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Much different time. If you think about the difference in 35, 40 years of how things have completely changed as to what's acceptable and what's right. not Right, and acceptable. Bill Maher, Bill Maher makes a great point about stuff like that. Like, he's like, you know, uh, today's generation uh, thinks that we should have acted differently the way we were growing up 40 years ago. You can't, you know, it's like, it's just the way it was in my house. The, it was the way it was. My father had his chair. He got mad at my sister when she bought a Toyota <laughs> because he, did, he was in World War II and got blown up twice. And that's just how it was. Of you know? course. And now yeah. this generation is funny because my son Colin just bought a Toyota. And I said to him, I go, you know, my sister bought a Toyota. My father got really mad. And he's like, why? <laughs> yeah, they and I go. Get well, it. my father got blown up in World War II twice, but that's just how it was then. It was a, it was different, and you can't hold, uh, you know. Bill Maher says it a lot better than I do. I'll send you the clip. Oh, I understand. <laughs> you, can't, you can't rewrite history. That's yeah, the thing. You can learn and, from and history, you, but you can't rewrite. Right, it. and you can't expect, uh, you know, the way the culture was forty years ago to be the way it is today. Of course, it's like, changed. Here, here's an example. I love. I'm a huge uh, New York Yankees fan. During the seventh inning, they play God Bless America. For a hundred years, they've played Kate Smith's version. 
right. which is one, probably the best version of that song of ever course, recorded. Of course. And now they don't play it anymore because back in 1929 or 33 or whenever you were born, they, uh, <laughs> they she recorded some racist song, you know, but I'm yeah. like, it, it's, a, it's, you know, it's 75, 80 years ago and you're going to take away whatever else she did because of that it's 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 a fine line we have to walk really yeah. is a fine line it, it is and you know there are some people who don't care like Ricky Gervais <laughs> oh god he's that's the kind of person we need more of you know um, Bill Burr you know is a comic yeah. that doesn't care and says it like you know whatever he wants not as careful and a lot of the comics just won't play colleges Oh, no, you know, you know that college. you're a comedian, huh? I've done it. I've done it. I will never do it again. I don't yeah. care how good the money is. It's horrible. Well, I have a friend of mine who does uh, hypnosis shows, and he does the colleges, and he doesn't cut back on his content, and they come or they don't come. Yeah, they give you a specific list. They'll give you a list. At one time I did one, it was three pages long of things that I can't talk about, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to cancel you. Yeah. You better find somebody else. Well, you saw what happened with that one show. I won't say it was. What I went through with the contract with my comedy company, you know, yeah. what they wanted me. They, as a certain client wanted me to put, and Sean's on this show, which I totally trust because you do a clean act as well, and it has to be. Uh, they wanted me to put uh, that I guarantee no one will be offended. Well, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck with that. Yeah, sure, I guarantee it. No one's going to be offended. Yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta yeah, love right. the time we live in. Give me a couple more albums and we'll get out of here. It's Memorial Day weekend. All right. Let's see. We got, uh, well, you talked about Footloose. So we have Let's Hear It for the Boy by Denise Williams on there. You also have uh, Footloose. Footloose itself. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, well, obviously. Um, you have uh, I Can Dream About You by Dan Hartman, which I think is a, a really, really awesome song. Was that on that soundtrack? It was on Streets of Fire. All right. Uh, but again, one of those songs that was kind of a throwback uh to like the 70s soul, I think, kind of sound. Yeah, I think it's Even a great song, yeah. Uh, and you also have uh, Against All Odds by Phil Collins, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't, I don't think anybody brought up. Uh, I don't even know this song, so I'm going to skip over that. The Never-Ending Story. The Never-Ending Story. The what, what's, uh, what's on there? The Never-Ending Story. Oh, the song. Oh, the I song. thought you were talking about the yeah. movie. No. Uh, Working Girl had a good soundtrack too. You also had Let the River Run by Carly Simon on that one. I'm not sure. And th- I don't like this. You're song. right. I, I forgot it's... about that Carly Simon song. You're right. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, I'm not a big Goonies fan, even though I'm an '80s brat. And I, I thought you would be a Goonies Cooper. fan. You remind me of the little kid nah. in there. The little kid that looks nah. like the, when you put your little kid oh, pictures up. Wow. No, you Fat look like. Joke, yeah. Really no. No. Chunk. No. Oh, no. It's a Hollywood sighting. It's a Hollywood. Yeah. It's a. Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, I, can make a, I can make a cocoon joke here too. You know, just so you know. <laughs> I, I need that. I need that swimming pool now. Uh, my knees, my back. I'm not a big James Bond fan, but "A View to a Kill" was a great Bond song by Duran Duran. You know, I'm not a James Bond fan either. I've never seen one movie, to be honest. I've never mm. seen one. It has no no desire. Mm. Uh, yeah, but you, you, you've never seen one. Not even the one with Big Pussy. No, I never seen okay. you. Okay. Uh, don't forget from Flash Dance, you had Maniac by Michael Sambello. No, right. One Hit Wonder. Uh, and a killer, killer, killer cover song by Echo and the Bunnymen, People Are Strange, uh-huh. for the uh, Lost Boys. Yeah, soundtrack. the Doors song, yeah. And I think uh, I think that's my list. Okay, that's a good list. This was a lot of fun. We digressed a little bit, but it's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sean Morton uh, coming to us from New Jersey. Where are you going tonight? To a concert, right? I am driving 200 miles into the depths of Pennsylvania to go see Ugly Kid Joe, which I is a 90s band. And you know I wouldn't uh, walk across the street to see them. 
well, because you walk or won't make it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they have not toured. (laughs) They have not toured the United States in 27 years. Thank God. And I'll tell you a quick, a real quick story that we could wrap it up. The the lead singer, the lead singer is homeless by choice. So what he will do is say he is starting the tour in Norwich, Connecticut on June 1st. Right. Move to Norwich, Connecticut, April 1st and live in the area for like two months to see what the what the locals are like. Then they'll go on tour and say they end up in Billings, Montana on September 1st and he will live there until the end of the year. So what is he going to learn living with the homeless people about the people who are going to be at his show? Minimalistic lifestyle. Just see. And he's a minimalist. uh, Yes, and he spent two years on Motorhead's tour bus in 2012 and 14. Not on tour with them. He just asked Lemmy, hey, can I take the ride with you for a year? And he went, sure, no problem. And he hung out on the bus for two years. You know, didn't they do um, a cover of Cats in the Cradle? A, a brilliant cover. Yes, that's a great cover. Of- Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Morton is powered by Prime 82 Restaurant. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Sean, have a great safe drive uh, to Pennsylvania. And enjoy the concert. All right, I'll see you later.